This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Very excited to bring on this week's guest to help me break down Asar Thompson's rookie season thus far. Uh, he is a senior writer for The Athletic covering the Pistons, and you can find him on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, at uh, JL Edwards III. He is James Edwards III. James, thank you so much for taking the time. How's it going? Hey, no problem at all. Thank you for having me, and, and all is well, man. Can't complain. Um, it hasn't snowed yet in Michigan. It's just been raining a lot. So yeah, same, uh, we, same here we've avoided freezing cold weather. Yeah, was, yeah, similar climate's been a little weird, but um, yeah, I don't know. I wish the sun was out a little bit more. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, that 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 certainly helped. Uh, I'm sure with the the state of basketball going on over in Detroit right now too. But we're not here to talk about the losing <laughs> streak and all of that kind of stuff. You can find James James's incredible coverage um, over at the Athletic, uh, multiple podcasts. He's doing an awesome job covering uh, that team. That honestly doesn't deserve it. So, but we are here to focus instead on what should be a bright spot for the Pistons this year. Um, Asar Thompson, the number five overall pick uh, coming out of OTE, uh, his brother, twin brother, Amen Thompson went fourth overall. But before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of his game and what, you know, he's kind of shown so far this year uh, and hopefully going forward, um, what has kind of been just your big picture impression of Asar and what he's meant to this Pistons team so far? My big picture impression is like, if, if the kid can learn how to shoot, like I, I see all NBA potential. I just, I see a guy who can defend one through four. Um, I see a guy who is super active. I see a guy who's just kind of, th- is a step ahead defensively, uh, which is which is somewhat rare for a young player. Like I think if the shot comes, like this is he's gonna be a very, very, very good player for a long time. Um and in terms of the losing streak, I mean he's had a tough go like everybody else. He started off the season really, really well. Um as the season went on, he struggled with fouls. Team started to the book was kind of out on him. They were letting him shoot. He didn't really eat up the space that they were giving him like he did those first couple games where 
teams are sagging off him, he would attack. Uh, it feels like he's gotten away from that a little bit more. But again, a lot of guys are uh, out of sorts right now as the team lo- loses so many games. But yeah, I, I think he's going to be good. Just aside from like his physical and um, the the high IQ he plays with, uh, the kid works. Like he's always like he's watching the game. By the time we get in the locker room, home and road, like he's on his phone rewatching like the game already. Um, he's a different type of kid, and I, I you you like to hitch your wagon to to horses like that. Going into draft night, um, is it kind of your understanding or assumption that? assuming the top four picks went the way they did that that fifth pick was always going to be a SAR or was there some um, kind of backing to some of the speculation that guys like Jarris Walker or Taylor Hendricks or Cam Whitmore were considered at that spot as well? I mean, to my knowledge, if the Pistons picked fourth, the pick still would have been a SAR. So okay. um, I, I'm fairly, yeah, I believe he was n- no doubt the pick at five. Uh and would have been the pick of Pistons in in uh, the Rockets flip spots too. Okay, awesome. Um, so just with, with their lineups, and you know, you, you mentioned the lack of shooting or the shooting struggles, um, which was kind of one of the red flags coming in. How has he kind of fit in overall to this roster and what the coaching staff is um, asking him to do? What the player, you know, what the re- rest of the roster is expecting from him, and he's part of their four most used lineups. So there's clearly a sense of trust, even though some of his minutes recently are trending downwards. But I think that's more so hopefully illness related um, and not necessarily performance, but just how does he kind of fit into this roster and this culture that they're trying to build? I think culture wise, he fits in perfectly Um, a defensive minded wing uh, who, who likes to get out and play with pace uh, who has secondary tertiary ball handling upside um, has high IQ just needs to a little bit more seasoning. And like I said, I think he's one thing he's really struggled with this year as it's played out. He early on, and this has been an issue for most of the Pistons. They started the year really well. Like teams felt them. They were physical. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they played defense was like in your face. They were moving like active hands. It was, it was really, it was really pretty defense, like pretty good, damn good defense for any team um, that first, three, four games or whatever. But now I see like Asar has struggled with, once he started to struggle with foul trouble, he's lost a little bit of that aggressiveness. He's he's trying to find the balance between not fouling, but still being who he who he is and who the team needs to be on that end of the floor. Um, and I think he's, he's, he's struggled a bit trying to find that, but I think he'll get there, obviously. just It just takes time and experience. But culture-wise, I think he fits in well. Now with his current roster, it's a little bit tough for him because – they kind of they transitioned away from emphasizing defense to emphasizing spacing. Um, obviously, that is not a strong suit in terms of shooting the floor, but he has the ability to cut when guys play off of him. Um, he he, there's been very minute instances of him being used as a short roller. I'd like to see them use that more. Uh, I think they they really use that pretty good amount on the floor. But yeah, I don't. The, this roster needs a few for him to like be able to be part of the make sense when he's next to Cade and Ivy and bogey like that needs to there's a few more tweaks that need to happen there I think they need Ivy to be a more consistent three-point shooter uh, for that to really work 
but it's it's certainly like I don't think it's that far off from finding a way. I think in terms of like like I said, secondary and tertiary ball handling or decision making or playmaking, he's he's got real chops there. He just needs to clean up his handle a bit. Um, I think that's one thing I've noticed too is when he gets down low and he's trying to dribble into a crowd or dribble his way out of a crowd, his handle's not as tight as it needs to be right now. But uh, you obviously can see the skill is there. It's just a matter of learning what, what type of guys you can challenge and, and, and when not to challenge a crowd. Yeah. And you, you talk to, you know, the ball skills and the passing ability and he's in the 78th percentile in assist rate at 12.9%, which is really impressive, especially for a rookie. Um, and especially for a rookie who's not shooting the way he is. And, you know, one of the comps that we used a lot going into the draft was Andre Iguodala. And obviously that's lofty praise and, um, put some high expectations on it, but you kind of mentioned using him as a, a roller and kind of be, you know, try and put him in position getting downhill and maybe create out of that short roll. Um, we saw the Warriors kind of do a lot of that similar stuff with Iguodala and Draymond. And, you know, obviously those are two of the smartest players to ever play the game. So not necessarily saying, you know, they'll get to that level, but is that kind of the role that you would, that, that you're hoping we kind of see a little more of more from him going forward? Yeah, I think like the, I agree that like the best case scenario is like Andre Iguodala, right? Right. I don't know if that's the best case scenario. That's a damn good yeah. scenario. But, okay. Obviously, yeah, Iguodala would be a great outcome. But, but one guy that I think his style, not necessarily the same archetype of player, but not far off in, in style of play and, and kind of balancing the strengths and weaknesses is, is Bruce Brown in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, the way they used him as a small ball five, using them as a roller getting him down the middle of the floor, allowing him to kick out the corners. Like I want to see that with the SAR utilized more until the shot comes around. And now Bruce has turned into a pretty solid standstill shooter, um, but he was able to be effective by doing that until that by, by you, by being utilized as a, as a roller and, and utilizing his passing skills. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And we've seen how effective he's been uh, from his time in Brooklyn to Denver. And now obviously Indiana um, mm -hmm. just coming into the season, what were what has kind of surprised you about Asar, and then what has on the flip side of that, what have been some of the kind of major kind of frustrations or disappointments? Let's say aside from the shooting. Uh, the thing that's kind of I wouldn't say it surprised me, but seeing it every single day in person, just his ability to be like a step ahead of the offensive player more often than not when he's guarding on ball, just watching him how he moves his feet how he uses how he moves his hips the the activity with the hands like he he's gonna be a tremendous under um like if he's i think like you could make the case i mean it's kind of fallen off now just because of the following and the lack of playing time but like i have no worry that like we're gonna consider him a, a top on ball defender like as soon as next year in the nba um I think what has been a bit disappointing on that end of the floor is his off-ball defense. Um, I think he's been in a situation, but basketball career where if he sags off his man a little bit, he can always kind of recover. Um, and he's learned that at this level, even sagging off a little bit is is going to be detrimental. And he just gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar while he's playing help defense or, or his eyes attached to uh, the ball handler or, or even helping – uh, digging down to help out a little a step or two too far because he thinks he can recover and it ends up costing him um he's just got to he's got to definitely clean that up and then the handle 
like I, I think he's going to be a fine ball handler with time, but it, it needs to be a little bit tighter. And um, I think he needs to do a better job of avoiding crowds. And then I guess just to, to kind of wrap things up here, um, what are your kind of expectations for him and how he fits in to this team and the kind of impact uh, that he'll have on this team going forward, uh, not just for this year, um, I, I guess first off for the rest of this year for his rookie season, but then kind of going forward into the future as well and potentially being kind of a core building block for this team. Yeah, I think it's important for the rest of the season that they they prioritize like playing him. Um, they've lost 28 games. And like you said, it's been uh, part of it has been due to an illness, right? Part of it has been due to them needing spacing. Uh, but they need to prioritize him and try to maximize him as like a short roller, like we've talked about. Um, he needs to, I think I'd utilize him more as like uh, to take some of the pressure off Kate as a secondary ball handler, let him get some of those reps. Uh, I think you got to think of the big picture with him. And ideally, the best version of him is like a secondary or tertiary ball handler who um, can get downhill and, and make those reads. So you want to see you want to see more of those as well. Um, and then in the long term, like I think they they have high hopes. Like I would say, uh, it's hard to say anybody is untouchable on a team that's lost twenty eight games. But I think him, Cade, and and and, and possibly Duran are like guys that are super untouchable. And they, I think they throw Ivy in there too. Uh, I, I don't know about untouchable, but like I said, if, if you are really, really, really uh, shake them down to to get Cade Nassar out of that picture, so. Uh, I think they have a – well, I know that they believe so much in him. They know that the he has a big hurdle with his jump shot, but that's kind of the thing. It's like he shot well at the end of OTE. Um, I don't think he's a good shooter right now by any stretch. I think part of it could help be the, the mechanics of it. His guide hand is like on top of the ball. Um, there's just some tweaks that they need to make. But he's he showed that he could hit shots at that range. Um, he's just, I think, part of it, which is – has a lot to do with where the team is. Like, I think a lot of it's psychological, like some of the misses are wide open and really bad. Um, and I watch him put in work every single day on his shot. Like um, it, it has a lot of work, a lot of room to grow. It has a, a, a long journey ahead, but it's not, I think the psychological aspect of missing a couple being left wide open. Plus the losing streak has played into the, the very bad misses on, on a lot of these wide open attempts. For sure. Uh, James, this is awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Um, please no plug away, tell people where they can find you, how they can support you in all facets. I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, big fan of your guys' work over there. And uh, on Twitter at JL Edwards III, uh, on The Athletic, you can go to the Pistons tab, NBA tab. You can find me there. I have a podcast, the Detroit Players Podcast, on Patreon with Vincent Goodwill, who's a NBA columnist for Yahoo Sports. We do our regular podcast every Monday, and then we drop like a bonus episode every Friday, which is usually like um, post-game audio or audio from a one-on-one that I've had recently or in the past. Just something that I think helps fans get a little pull behind the curtain and and see uh, what, what a life, what day, what a day in the life is like too. So check those out. James is the best. He's doing incredible work. Go support him, uh, James. Thank you again, um, and take care. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. You too.